Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza, getting over a little bit of a cold, uh, but uh, feeling better. And uh, I've got a great guest with me for the whole show tonight. Matt Goldman uh, started out as a comedian. Uh, Opened up for the great Tom Arnold and lived to tell the story. Ended up in Los Angeles and got involved with writing for TV. And now in the last several years, he has become a bona fide author. And uh, he writes books about this vulnerable P.I. named Nels Shapiro. I'm going to read a little bit about uh, Matt here from the Library Journal. It said, Emmy Award-winning writer Goldman, who began his career as a stand-up comedian, not surprisingly blends his storytelling with irreverent humor, his tough yet vulnerable P.I., evocative Minneapolis settings, and clever plots, which features a distinctive crime scene and multiple red herrings, will both engage and intrigue. Matt, good to see you again. Hey, nice to see you, Paul. Now, uh, you are formally uh, a Minnesota resident again. Yeah, I am back as of... Uh, February 1st last year so I've been here a little over a year well you got uh, you came back just for for the incredible winter we were having here in 2019 yeah it's like the winter when I was a kid like yeah. you see those giant snowbanks everywhere and I and you know I'm 56 years old but I still think like I think I could make a fort in one of those <laughs> <laughs> a lot of my friends with kids have been doing that Matt to, to give us a little background you were on my uh, television show wall of power TV, wow, which airs every Saturday night on Comcast Channel 6 at 8 and 11.30. For those of you that have Comcast, or you can stream from mcn6.org. And uh, there we talked a little bit about your background. So tell us, how did you get into comedy? Uh, I was a student at the University of Minnesota. And uh, uh, my junior year, some friends invited me to go see stand-up, which I had never seen before not live anyway, and I went and for some reason thought I should be doing that. <laughs> so I did open mics at Scott Hansen's Comedy Gallery. Sure. And, 11th uh, and LaSalle. Yeah, 11th and LaSalle above the restaurant JR. Mm -hmm. And uh, worked with some great local comedians. And, and not long after that, I started getting hired to MC and open. And and uh, I, I really had a nice learning curve here in Minneapolis. And the more I was on stage, the more I felt like I liked the writing. That's what I mm -hmm. really love. So uh, a few years after that, I moved out to L.A. and... And, and things worked out. So was that kind of in the mid-80s? Yep, exactly. Oh, okay. I started, I think the first time I did stand-up was 83, and I moved to L.A. January of 87. Well, see, I totally know that time because I met uh, Tom Arnold, who became a very good friend of mine, and David Carr, the great, uh, yeah, uh, the late, great David Carr. Uh, we were the three musketeers there for a handful of years, but I got to know the comedy scene through Arnold because he was doing the uh, Hanson's Place and the other places around town. Yep. So, I mean, back then, let's talk about it. It was Liz Winstead. Yeah, Liz was there. Joe Keyes. Joe Keyes, definitely. Uh, I think it's Joe Keyes' birthday. I just wished him happy birthday. Oh, birthday. happy birthday, Joe. Yeah, and uh, uh, Sid Youngers. Mike Sid Gary Youngers, Gary, yeah. Joel Madison. Yeah. Wild Bill Bauer. Uh, uh I, I can't remember everybody, but uh, yeah, it was it was great. And it was not, a great time and place to start doing stand up. It was really kind of a golden era. Yeah, there was there was an early area with Louie and Gerbino, right. Scott, who did Mickey Finn's, right. and I wasn't around for that. But then in then there was that resurgence. I mean, there was just a. A, an explosion of comedy at that time, and all over the country, all not over just the Minneapolis. Country. And cable TV hadn't really taken off yet. Right. So if you wanted to see stand up, you kind of had to go to a show. I mean, there was Letterman and there was Carson, but that was about it. Right. Well, and then too, uh, and and I'm and you can speak uh, more of this, but uh, you know, back then, eighty three, eighty four, you had comedians like Jay Leno coming through town, Jerry oh, Seinfeld. Yeah. Well, that and that's how I met Jerry. I opened for him ten shows in one week at the Comedy. Gallery. Wow! And so we became friends, and and remained friends. And so when he got his show, he asked me to write on it, and that was my big break. 
I was there the night Tom Arnold met Roseanne Barr. Uh, I was there too that night. So uh, we must have not been introduced to each other. Right. But yeah, I saw that whole thing happen. Did you go, did you uh, get to the party at Tom's place after the show? (laughs) No. At the legendary comedian's house across from the CC uh, Club 26? call it? The Bohemian Club. Yeah. Yeah. No, I did not. I didn't go to those parties. (laughs) (laughs) Self-preservation. I went to too many of them. Yeah. Uh, That house, geez, I think. Sid Youngers lived there. Arnold Don Foster, yeah, who who and who's had a very successful writing career in uh, in L.A. Yeah, and then you know what's amazing about that house? They had uh, uh, coffee filters instead of toilet paper, and the one uh, <laughs> and, the, and the one picture on the wall was actually a burnt pizza that they just nailed to into the yeah, wall. Yeah, I knew room. about the burnt pizza. Yeah, I, I'd been in there, but I avoided the late night. <laughs> So, Matt Goldman, my guest, so you get out to Los Angeles and you had connections with like Jerry Seinfeld and who else when you got to Los Angeles? You know, some other comedians I'd met opening for here, like uh, Bob Saget, Dennis Miller before he went way away cool right uh, Dennis was actually very nice to me and good to me and he was uh, fu- he used to be a really funny guy he used to be a very funny guy look at his Twitter feed he's not so funny anymore yeah uh, and uh and you know Roseanne, and uh, and then a hand, you know a bunch of Midwest comics right and they really are the ones who took me in out there Louie I knew uh, and 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 I kind of found my feet that way. I got to know Louie a little bit. My first gig in town when I moved in September 1978, I got a job as the ticket taker at Dudley Griggs ah. on Seven Corners. Yeah. And so Louie would open some shows. Uh, also saw Henny Youngman there. Wow. The great Paul Krasner. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, Louis opened up for Paul Krasner. Krasner, of course, uh, was one of the uh, a Chicago Eight. Uh, also, was one of the founders of the Yippie Party and mm-hmm. put out a, a, a magazine called The Realist for years. And also used to be a roommate of Lenny Bruce's back in the yeah. day. Did you ever bump into Krasner over there? No. Yeah, no. you know who he is, though. Of course. Yeah, of course, I've heard of him. Yeah. yeah. So, what was your first writing gig? My first, I did some little writing gigs, but my first major primetime show was Seinfeld. Wow. And, what, and I was there at the beginning. What was the episode? Well, I wrote an episode called The Robbery. It's one where uh, George is a real estate back then. It's They did a pilot without a lane. Mm-hmm. And then NBC passed on it, and then they changed their mind. They said, we'll give you four more if you add a girl. Huh. And Larry and Jerry didn't want to do that, and they kind of hawed and huffed and puffed and said, well, if we have to add a girl, we're going to write her like a guy. And that's how Elaine was created. Huh. And I came in then, okay. on those next four. And I wrote one called The Robbery. It's one of those four episodes. George is a real estate agent. Jerry's apartment gets broken into. He's like, had it with that place. George says there's this other great place. He tried to convince Jerry to take it. And Elaine was invested in the story because she wanted Jerry's apartment. Right. I remember remember the episode. Because he had gone into Jerry's apartment to borrow a spatula and left the door open. That's why it got robbed. (laughs) And, and, uh, and and then once George shows Jerry the apartment, he wants it too, and now they, so that's kind of that episode. Yeah. So tell us, so, uh, Matt Goldman, so how does the writing start? Are you working with other writers too, or do you, are, are you coming up with a basic plot? Well, it, it, it depends on the show. Okay. Uh, on that show, Larry and Jerry worked a lot by themselves. And so the other, there was only one other writer there when I started. Uh, we w- would go in our offices and work on ideas, and then we'd pitch them to them, and and we you know we'd have meetings and things would get thrown back and forth, and we'd go our separate ways and write. So that's how it worked on that show. During you know, we'd all sit in the same room to write together after rewrites. Okay. Uh, after I'm sorry, after rehearsals, and we'd rewrite after rehearsals. Now. Uh, I become a big fan of Curb Your Enthusiasm yeah. with Larry David. Is Larry David basically George Costanza? 
Yes, and Larry David's exactly the guy you see on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Wow. Everyone asks if I write it, and I, I can't because I have PTSD right. around him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So then was it kind of the end then of your stand-up career, or did you do any stand-up in Los Angeles? No, no, I did it in Los Angeles. I got there in 87. I did it until 89. Uh, it, it was weird. Like uh, There were so many small little stand-up shows you could do because the way comedy was still uh, on the boom then. Mm -hmm. And so one night, one night shows for a hundred bucks or something around town. So I wrote during the day, kind of watched sitcoms and recorded them and deconstructed them and tried to teach myself how to write them. And, 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 you know, my day job was actually at night. It was doing stand-up. So mm -hmm. I'd eke out a living just going and telling jokes, and and then I'd write all day. So where were some of the gigs back? Did you get it to the comedy store? You ever? Oh, did? yeah. I worked the store. Uh, for anyone who's been there, it's a really dark place. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm talking energy-wise. Right. Uh, and it... I'd go there, and I'd do sets, and they... they Mitzi, the person who right. ran it, said uh, offered me a job working the door, which is the way to get in there. But I just, I just didn't feel like the right thing for me. Right. Uh, so I said no to that. And uh, but I did work the improv in a place called the Comedy Magic Club down in Hermosa Beach. I worked quite a lot. Wow. We've got uh, Matt Goldman on, a former community TV writer and a great author. He's got a new book out called Broken Ice with his uh, uh, hero P.I., Nils Shapiro. And it happens to take place during the Minnesota State Hockey Tournament. More with Matt on the whole show in the Wall and Power Radio Hour. The number one source of the Twin Cities gay scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities gay scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. Atheists Talk is the radio show for free-thinking Minnesotans. Listen on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock. Every Sunday, we bring you science, philosophy, politics, and plain old fun from an atheist point of view. Visit our website at minnesotaatheists.org for more details. Tune in to Atheists Talk Radio Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock on KTNF AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's good radio without the good book. Get out of the cold at Burger Moe's. Burger Monday Madness happens every Monday after 4 p.m., except on Excel event evenings, where you can order any burger with fries on the menu for just $6. Burger Moe's always offers fresh, never-frozen burger varieties, as well as delicious appetizers, soups, salads, and unburgers, dogs, paninis, shakes, desserts, two daily happy hours, and 60 beers on tap. Located at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul with plenty of free parking and online at BurgerMoe's.com. Being a dog is awesome, except when you really gotta go, but you're stuck inside. That's why I had my human call the Urban Dog. Daily walks, field trips, play groups, one-on-one -on -one time, safe off-leash play, and pet sitting. I love being an Urban Dog. The Urban Dog works with your schedule and can create a plan that fits your needs. The Urban Dog. Exercise, explore, socialize. Let the journey begin. Call 651-231-6333. That's 651-231-6333. <laughs> Most of us try to be careful about how we eat and the safety of our food. At Total Dog Company, we believe in giving our dogs nutritious, safe food, too. We offer a variety of kibble, canned, and frozen and dehydrated raw foods. We study ingredient lists of every food we sell. We don't sell products that are primarily vegetable protein or that contain generic proteins, byproducts, fillers, or artificial preservatives. Find us in New Hope off of 169 at 9432 36th Avenue North and at TotalDogCompany.com. Tap, taste, and treasure at Vinaigrette, where we have some warm seasonal recipes all ready to create dynamite meals. Our fig balsamic vinegar pairs perfectly with roasted Brussels sprouts or baked brie. And sweet potatoes are always a winner, but never more than when they're roasted with a drizzle of vinaigrette cinnamon or orange-fused extra virgin olive oil on top. Come in today for more custom-crafted food and cocktail recipes at Vinaigrette. 
50th and Xerxes in Minneapolis, and 287 Water Street in downtown Excelsior. Online at vinaigrettemn.com. Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metz, and my guest in uh, the studio for the whole show tonight, Matt Goldman, uh, TV writer, Emmy Award winning TV writer, and uh, also an author who's written, is it this year's second book with Neil Shapiro, the PI? It's, it's the second one. There's two more in the series coming. The third comes out in June. So let's go back uh, to the first book and tell us about uh, Neil Shapiro. Yeah, he's uh, his backstory is he was a, a cadet at the Minneapolis Police Academy, and uh, his whole class right before they graduated was laid off, which really happened in the eighties. Mm-hmm. And everybody knew it was temporary. You know, in a few months they'd all be hired on as cops. But in my story, two cops, uh, two of those cadets didn't go back. And the name of the first book, Matt? Gone to Dust. Right. Great book. I loved it. Oh, thanks, man. You have a lot of uh, uh, references to uh, the Twin Cities, several to uh, my neighborhood, Northeast Minneapolis, where I think you said to get an apartment in Northeast Minneapolis, you need two forms of IDs and three tattoos or something. (laughs) Yeah, no, the books are very Minnesota. And, and, and I used to always say this when I speak, so much so that when it went out for foreign uh, publication, Norway and Sweden passed because they said it was too Scandinavian. <laughs> but, I, but I just found out Sweden is publishing Gone to Dust. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So, and Broken Ice just came out in France. So, where was the genesis of the book and the private eye, the great private eye, uh, Neil Shapiro, as conflicted as the rest of us? Um, did you wake up one day and said, I want to write a, a, a book about a fictional private eye? Well, no, it didn't happen that quickly. <laughs> uh, you know, I've worked in comedy forever. And, uh, you know, the big question I get is, how do you go from writing TV comedy to murder mysteries? Right. And I always say, well, if you're as introverted as I am and spend 25 years in rooms full of writers pitching jokes at you all day, <laughs> you want to kill some people. Yeah. So, uh, but that. Let me just jump in here for sure. a minute because, <laughs> because um, like we uh, talked about in the first segment, I got to know all those comedians yep. uh, hanging out at uh, with Arnold at his gigs and back when he had the amazing Goldfish Review. And Tom, Tom was a great stand-up. Oh, yeah. He was phenomenal. I, and, and about as quick on his feet as anybody I've ever seen. And, uh, yeah, I used to pick him up. Uh, I used to see him. I'd get done with my gig. He'd get done with his gig. We'd always see each other at the Super America at 22nd and Lindell. <laughs> and occasionally you'd see Prince there, too. Yeah, I know. that He was around there because of Rudolph's. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, so I got to know Tom, and uh, more than once I'd see him uh, schlepping his little bag of goldfish uh, with his one <laughs> suit coat down to his gig at the bus stop, and I'd pick him up. And we got to be very good friends. We still are. But we were, you were talking about Larry David earlier where, where you, you, know, you still have uh, stress syndrome from working with him. But I know comedians, you get them in the same room, man. It's like sharks circling, circling something that's bloody. Yeah, yeah, and and it's in it's in the spirit of comedy. Right. Like it's it, it's not truly mean spirited. I mean, or I should say, it rarely is. Uh, but yeah, comedy c- comedians in a room, tough crowd. Yeah, making each other laugh is is uh, it's fun and it is blood sport. Yeah. It's, uh, but and and I do miss that a little bit. Uh, when you're in a comedy writer's room, it's a little bit different in right. that most of the people in there are writers, not comedians. So they're not looking for the same kind of attention and validation of their persona. Right. Uh, but it's still like, you know, anything goes. The things that are said in writer's rooms, you know, uh, 1% of 1% makes it onto TV. Right. Yeah. Well, I can imagine it's, it has to be. There's there's a part of it that's got to be really exciting, especially if you're you're working in a room with some talented people, talent. Yeah, writers. and it's like music. You need to create an environment where where ideas can come. Right, it's safe to fail, and uh, you can push yourself and 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 let what happens happen. Right, and, uh, and then you you use your the craft part of what you do to to 
to shape it into a TV show. So then how was the transition then to, uh, to the uh, uh, Neil Shapiro and the uh, crime novels? Well, you know, I was working in comedy and, and you know, the dramas got really great with the Sopranos and The Wire yeah. and The Closer and, you know, Breaking Bad, Mad Men. There's yeah. a long list of them, and they're still great. And and it really changed Hollywood because all of a sudden TV drama was super cool. Right. And and, and it had always been, like, if you, if you want to be a, the elite in Hollywood, you work in film. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you can't work in film, work in TV. Right. But... But the movie business was going through its own problems where they were starting to do less character-driven projects. And and when those other shows hit it big and were on the cover of magazines and that's right. all anyone was talking about, all the great talent from the movie world, TVs, writers, producers, actors, flooded into TV. Right. And, and the dramas were cool. Like, it was a cool thing in Hollywood. Right. And then the executives in comedy thought, well, we want to be cool too. Mm -hmm. But, you know, comedy is not cool. Right. It's really about the dorky side of us. Right. And, uh, And so, to me, when they tried to make it cool, they made it less human and I started to lose interest in working in it. So, I thought, I'm going to work in drama. That's what I watch. And to do my homework, I started reading crime fiction. And I fell in love with it. Like that, I found something I did not expect to find. Like Raymond Chandler, what, what exactly? Yeah. Raymond Chandler, but but the thing I was looking for, which is like humanity. When you have a crime at the center of your story, when you have a dead body and clues coming along, your characters don't have to carry the whole weight of the story. Right. It frees up some time for them just to be people. Mm-hmm. And that. And then when I read Chandler and his Philip Marlowe, who had this wry sense of observation about society and great one-liners, uh, but in a serious, dark story, I thought, I think I want to try that. Hmm. So that's what I did. We have uh, Matt Goldman on for the whole show tonight on uh, the Wall of Power Radio Hour. So when did you... Neil Shapiro, when yeah. did he appear? I, you know, he... It was January of 2015. Okay. I was in my house in Minneapolis. I knew I was going to go back to L.A. in four months to work on a television show. Both of my kids had just gone back to their second semesters of college. It was 11 below out. And I just sat down and made it up. Uh, Should I tell you where the name came from after the last segment? Because it takes a minute. Yeah, Uh, well, we got a minute 30. Okay, well... uh, I'm Jewish. I'm named after a Swedish immigrant. There's a long story behind that, but I wanted to do the same thing for Nils. But it's not so obvious with a name like Matt. So uh, I, uh, I'm thinking like Leaf Shapiro or Pear Shapiro, but I really right. like the name Nils Shapiro. Right. I just like the juxtaposition, and I Googled it, and uh, and if, I did not find a Nils Shapiro because of course I didn't. It's a joke name. It's ridiculous. Right. Who would name their kid that? Right. But uh, last year he found me. So there right. is a real Neil Shapiro out there. He's 86 years old and lives in Plymouth, Massachusetts. Wow. Uh, except in the winter, he lives in South Florida, where he's a book reviewer. So, uh, and not just online book reviewer, he writes uh, in the in the local papers down there. Well, my, you know, my favorite Bob Dylan line from It's All Over Now, Baby Blue, take what you've gathered from coincidence. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he's actually become a friend on the phone and email at, at this point. Wow. So uh, that's where the name came from. We uh, are going to talk about uh, Matt Goldman's new book, Broken Ice. Uh, it takes place during a Minnesota State Hockey Championship, which is going on right now as we speak. Go Greenway. We'll be right back with Matt on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. Hi, Matt McNeil for Rudy Luther Toyota. March is Auto Show Month at Rudy Luther. This means throughout the month, they'll have great auto show deals on all new Toyotas. My first Toyota love was the RAV4, and it's completely redesigned for 2019. And the new RAV4 Hybrid will be here soon. Remember, buy a new Toyota and get a $250 gift card. Trade in a vehicle on a new Toyota and get another $250 gift card. That means a total of $500 in savings. Rudy Luther Toyota, 394 and 169 in Golden Valley and online at RudyLutherToyota.com. Supporting the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities has never been easier. You'll find an expansive list of local dining options at eatlocalminnesota.com from classic American comfort food to authentic flavors from around the world. 
Experience cozy fireside dining at the Downtowner Woodfire Grill in St. Paul, specializing in fresh seafood, fire-roasted meats, and pizzas all cooked over an oak-burning fire, and salads and sandwiches, too. Join them for breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week. Located at 253 West 7th Street with plenty of free parking or online at downtownerwoodfire.com. Burger Moe's is the perfect neighborhood gathering spot before and after Excel Center events or anytime. Offering 20 fresh, never frozen burger varieties, more than 60 beers on tap, and happy hours twice daily. Burger Moe's is located at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul with plenty of free parking and online at burgermoe's.com. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Catch New Beginnings with Freddie Bell, Saturdays at 11 on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Oh no, you shattered your cell phone. Now what? Listen closely. We know you're lost without your phone. Bring it to Computer Revolution today. We'll fix it and have you back online before someone asks, where are you? Computer Revolution with Cell Phone Repair has over 18 years experience fixing computer devices. All brands, all carriers. Computer Revolution with Cell Phone Repair, located in Roseville at Highway 36 and Fairview Avenue, or call 651-633-6600. We fix phones, same day, seven days a week. With your AM950 weather, I'm Sam Turnberg. Tonight, we got snow, the low around 24. Tomorrow, the snow could continue with a high near 28. Monday, sunny with a high near 27. Tuesday, possible rain with a high near 36. And Wednesday, rain with a high near 43. This is the real deal. Unbeatable appliance savings for three days only at Warner Stellion. Get our guaranteed lowest price and select Bosch and KitchenAid dishwashers. Then save more with free installation from our trusted specialists. Don't miss real deal. This Saturday through Monday at all 10 Warner Stellion stores. Hello, Minnesota. This is Stephanie Miller. Make sure to start your day off right with the Stephanie Miller Show. Every weekday morning from 8 to 11 right here on AM 950. Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metz, and my guest uh, for the whole show tonight, uh, author Matt Goldman. Matt, tell uh, the people out there in the Wall of Power Radio Hour listening audience a little bit about Gone to Dust, your first novel with private investigator Neil Shapiro. Yeah, Gone to Dust uh, starts when... uh, a woman is found murdered in her home in Edina. And there hasn't been a murder in Edina in a long time. So, uh, and it's a unique crime scene. Her body and most of the house is covered in the dust and dirt from hundreds of vacuum cleaners. <laughs> so, in that dust and dirt, there's so much hair and fiber and right. DNA. Like, the crime cannot be solved right. in the lab. It just can't be. And the Edina Police Department is stymied and uh, so so they hire a consultant, and that's how I introduced Neil Shapiro into hmm. the series. Well, what I loved about uh, uh, Gone to Dust was you could almost take that book and drive around Minneapolis-St. Paul, yeah. the, like the church where the funeral was. Yeah. Right? Um, the different bars, and then you, you, you include... Uh, uh, you include some great uh, uh, Minnesota music uh, mm-hmm. references. Yeah, uh, Slim Dunlap, I think, makes an appearance as a character. Yeah, mentioned. Yeah, yeah, mentioned as a character, and uh, so that must have been fun for you too, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I would say the start of my creative journey in life happened in high school when I was in a band. It was a band called The Panic. Okay that uh, some of the members of have gone on to to have very big, successful careers. Uh, like like who? Uh, like a guy named Jimmy Harry, who used to go by James Nazanow, who was in E. Brown and some other bands, and now he's a big songwriter, producer wow. in L.A. He's producing stuff all over the world. He won a Grammy with Madonna for something. Wow. Uh, Matt Wilson was our drummer. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. 
And then his brother Dan played with us. Yeah. Uh, one summer, Matt had to go to a, a, a summer program at Cornell or something. I can't remember yeah. what he went to. Uh, and Dan played with us. Uh, Dan's had a hell of a career as a songwriter. A and Matt's still a really interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. In fact, I think they're doing some version with uh, Matt's playing with John Munson. Yeah, they got a harp orchestra. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Which I, um, I've heard recordings that are fantastic, and yeah. I'm trying to go see them play. Uh, well, I remember Trip Shakespeare. Yeah, that's what they did right. Well, I think right when Dan left college, they did Trip Shakespeare. Yeah, that was Dan and Matt. Yeah, like uh, early nineties, maybe something yeah, like that. Was, yeah, yeah. And they used to play at the uh, reconfigured Four Hundred Bar. Yes, yeah. I love Trip Shakespeare. Yeah. And then Dan went on to do Semisonic. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, I was fifteen years old, and I was playing at Seventh Street Entry and at First Avenue. On Doesn't the get any cooler than that. It wasn't any cooler. I'm riding around in a van with Curtis A. I don't know why. <laughs> I still get excited when I see Curtis A. You better have the, the windows open so you don't get any yeah. secondhand I smoke from that dude. I was the only member of the band who left to go to college uh, and I played bass and they, they they ended up, they auditioned bass players but nobody fit so the keyboardist just played my part. But they opened for U2. Wow. Uh, and they're at First Avenue. <laughs> so, so anyway, the music is like, it's just a part of me. Yeah. Like being around the hipsters and Husker Du and the replacements. Yeah. Uh, it just, it means a lot to me. Well, the Suicide Commandos. Oh, yeah. Who were a big influence on me. Well, you know, you look back at that, uh, and really it's where I started to come of age and started to play quite a bit with my band Cats and the Stars before I went solo in 84 you look at the the comedy scene and the music scene um for certain the music scene in that period there's got to be five or six books out right now about the 70s yeah. and 80s yeah complicated absolutely. fun uh, by sin collins um there's uh, uh Chris Reimersteiner's book on First Avenue covers a lot of that. Yeah, you know? yeah, our band, The Panic, is on there in the calendar. Oh, cool! Yeah. I'm in one of those calendars too. Yeah, yeah it's, it's cool. A little little piece of history for yeah. us, right, man? So, what was the uh, response to uh, uh, Gone to Dust? It was it was great. It it uh, it got nominated for a couple of really nice awards: the Seamus Award, which is the Private Eye Writers of America, and the Nero Award, which is the uh, Nero Wolf is a is a fictitious private eye written by a guy named Rex Stout, like back in the twenties and thirties and forties, hmm. uh, and it made the New York Times bestseller list, which was really nice, and uh, and uh, actually got a lot more attention out of the state than in the state because it's so Minnesota. These books I get asked a lot, like, does anybody outside of Minnesota get it? Right, and the answer is yes. Yeah, you know? I'm sure. Because people like to learn about a new place or be brought to a new place as long as it feels authentic to them. Well, the movie Fargo was pretty popular. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I don't, you know, I my, uh, which I love. It's one of my favorite movies ever. But I don't go in that direction. I keep it more metropolitan, mm -hmm. uh, at least in this book. So. Uh, but the, yeah, it got a big literary award in Texas, and uh, and some great mention by other writers. Really nice. I could barely put the book down yeah. when I have it. Um, I'm only about halfway into your new book, Broken Ice, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But tell uh, tell the people out there how would you describe uh, Neil Shapiro? He's, you know, he's a he's a guy who needs to work alone for the most part. Uh, one of the reasons he didn't go back to the become a Minneapolis cop is he could kind of sense even at a young age like that kind of structure wasn't right for him. He's uh, an intrinsically driven, motivated guy. He is not like the PI of the 1930s or 40s. Right. He doesn't get in fights. A couple of drinks and he gets tired. Right. So he's a emotionally intelligent or at least trying to be more an emotionally intelligent human being like he's a modern man and uh, so his, his and divorced he's divorced his relationships with women are complicated but but it comes from a thoughtful place yeah uh, there's a lot about that in the first book because 
because that crime can't be investigated in the lab, I look into Neil's personal life because he draws on his personal life to get an insight to human nature, to give him insight into his investigation. So, uh, he's so, but he, but he's a guy, and he's uh, the comment I get is he's funny. Yeah. So. Well, you know, Matt, um, uh, one of my latest. Uh, hobbies is listening to true crime podcasts. Yeah, very, very popular. And yeah. what do you think is about crime that is so intriguing? Well, I think there's part of us that that it's a little bit like comedy, like like Seinfeld. They say it was a show about nothing, but I think it was about selfishness. Yeah, we all have the selfish impulses those characters have, but they act on it. That's why we watch it, and that's why it's funny. I think crime is similar in that we all have those impulses of anger or jealousy or or wanting more than we have or whatever it is. But those people acted on it. Right. So you can see the consequences of it without having to do it. Do you think when you're, when you're writing either Broken Ice or, uh, or your first novel, Gone to Dust, you know, you're um, a very well-read guy. Do you ever, is there ever an instance, let's say, a, a crime that you uh, heard about or read about that might make a little bit... Uh, a little bit into your uh, your plot? Uh, the main crime, no. The third book, called The Shallows, which comes out this June, there are some real-world events that play in. Okay. I could not keep politics out of that book. It was it just with everything that's going on. And we'll talk a little bit about that in the last segment. But Broken Ice, the book uh, that is out now, the state hockey tournament is on. And uh, the crime takes place at the state hockey tournament. Give a little bit of the plot without uh, giving anything away. Yeah, the, 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 it starts when, uh, in my, it's the state high school hockey tournament. And in my uh, not-to-be-named year, War Road is in the tournament. Right. And so the whole town is down for that hometown of Henry Boucher yeah yeah it's really it's hockey town USA yeah and rightfully so uh, one of my favorite things about War Road is no US Olympic team has won a gold medal without a player from War Road yeah. on this roster and uh, and 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 so so two girls from War Road disappear outside the X like they were with their group of friends and then they weren't and the police are looking for them and one of the girl's parents is more well-to-do and hires Nils to help find her. And it kind of goes from there. Um, like I said, uh, I'm only about 40 pages into it. Do you have any scenes at the St. Paul Hotel, one of my favorite bars in America? It, there's a scene at the St. Paul Hotel, but not only up in a suite. Okay. I fictitiously named one of the suites the Harold Stassen Suite. Oh, nice. Yeah. The man who ran for president every yeah. year since I was <laughs> born until he died. Um, so, are you a big hockey fan? I am, I am a casual hockey fan. Okay. Uh, I chose the high school hockey tournament because it's important to Minnesota. Yeah. And I wanted to... I think a sense of place is really important in fiction. And uh, that's an important thing. And, and again, I'm not writing for Minnesotans. The books are published by Macmillan. They're available nationally and now internationally. And, and, but I want to be specific to place. Right. Now, do you have your own website where people can find out more about you or have links to where they can order the book? Yes, the uh, and, and you know when in town, I always recommend uh, the bookstore Once Upon a Crime, an okay. indie bookstore. That's great. There's you know there's wonderful bookstores in this town. Right. Most have the book, and the Barnes and Nobles have it as well. Right. Uh, MattGoldman.com has uh, uh, has some information on it, and then I have uh, Facebook and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I got to ask you on a personal level. Uh, the last time you and I hung out for a little bit when you were on my TV show, you were single, you had a yep. dog or two, and now you're married. Now I had one dog, now I'm married and have two dogs. Nice. What yep. kind of dogs do you have? 
All right, I got to say this properly. I have standard poodles, but they do not have poodle haircuts. <laughs> I just I couldn't get caught up in the doodle craze, so I thought I'm going to get the original. There was a reason I wanted non-shedding dogs. I'm just not giving them those haircuts. When I was a kid, I used to uh, play guitar with a guy named Chuck Christensen. We had a little folk duo called Paul and Christian. We thought at 12 years old, 13 years yeah. old, we were the Simon and Garfunkel yeah. of the Iron Range. And Chuck's mom and dad had a poodle named Maurice. Oh, I love that. Of course. And she would, and you might think about this for one of your, uh, your next novels. She would have, they had a, a, a plastic runner that went all through the house and she would have keep the original plastic that was on the couches and I chairs <laughs> until guests came over. Yeah. And she would always set the table the night before. But she was a lovely lady. <laughs> uh, Joyce Christensen and, and Wally, my uh, uh, grade school uh, principal. We've got Matt Goldman on. He's got a great new book out called Broken Ice. His first book is called Gone to Dust. Uh, track him down at, at mattgoldman.com. He's a Minnesotan. Once again, we're happy to have him back. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, uh, some other th stuff he's got in the works on the Wall of Power Radio Hour after these messages. The number one source of the Twin Cities gay scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities Gay Scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. I'm Steve Conklin. And I'm Jake DeRoff. We're the hosts of the Mortgage Talk Show, Sundays at 1230. Every week we bring you insights on home financing, discussing rates, programs, local and national news. Whether you're buying your first home or your hundredth home, we have tips and inside information to save you money and feel like a mortgage master. Check us out for more information and email us any questions at mortgagetalkshow.com. Tune in to the Mortgage Talk Show every Sunday at 1230 on AM 950. Hi, this is Laura, and I want to tell you about my family's favorite thing. It's our wood stove. We bought it about 14 years ago from Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces. And see, the wood stove has actually paid for itself because we can keep the main area that we live in toasty warm with this great moist heat. But more important than saving money, it has actually improved our lives. Having a fire simplifies life. It provides comfort. It sort of takes the chill out of winter. I'm Peter Solak. In 1977, I started Woodland stoves and fireplaces and I experienced the simple joy of warming myself by a fire. I also realized that the place and the way we embrace fire has evolved in a diversity of forms and styles. So at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces we have brought together the widest selection of our fireplace products and technical knowledge in the Twin Cities. Our mission is to use our knowledge to help you choose the design and function that is right for you and your home. Visit Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces today and find the right fire for you. Next time on Philosophy Talk, Altered States. So how do you feel about Altered States? Oh, I'm in favor. California should be split in two. Delaware and Maryland uh, should be... I mean, states you get through meditation, marijuana, peyote, and stuff like that. Oh, blissful meditation? Great idea. Alcoholic days? Bad idea. Cannabis and peyote highs? Somewhere in between. Well, do you think social policy should reflect that? Altered States. Next time on Philosophy Talk. Philosophy Talk. Every Sunday at 8 a.m. and again at 2 p.m. on AM 950. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coo. P. Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. Uh, my guest on the whole show tonight, I'm honored to have Matt Goldman, uh, formerly a TV screenwriter, but now uh, an author with his new book, Broken Ice. So, 
What did you, did you have to do any research on the hockey culture in Minnesota, or did you do most of it from memory? Well, I knew quite a bit of it, but I did do some research, especially about War Road. I spent a few days up there, uh, and uh, and so there's real places in the book, because uh, uh, the, the, the story does go up there at some point. Uh, but I and I did a little bit of research. But does Lou Nanny make an appearance? No, Lou Nanny did not make <laughs> Damn. it. Damn! I know, I really missed an opportunity. Oh. Uh, but, but, Yeah. Well, it's it's really fun, you know. I grew up uh, playing hockey myself. I didn't think I was that good, so I got out while the getting was good. Yeah, and same here. Started playing guitar, but then when I look back, I was playing with you know the Carlson brothers, yeah. uh, um, John Harrington, who mm-hmm. ended up on the you know 1980 Olympic team and is still has a great hockey career. In fact, I was just reading something the other day. I think it was like. Uh, for them, that great, the Miracle on Ice, uh, 1980, when we beat Russia uh, in the Olympics. I think there was something like 12 to 15 Minnesota oh, yeah. hockey players on that team. Yes. Have you met any of the hockey players over the years, and have they read your book? Uh, I don't ice? know if they've read my book. Okay. And I, I've, I've met a couple just in in passing but uh, but I don't know if they if any any of them have read the book. You know the book's not about hockey. Yeah, there's a little bit of hockey in there. There's a couple of games. Or Nils goes to a game at the X, and I describe it a little bit. Right. Uh, there's a because part of it's important to the story. Uh, but there's not a ton in there. Right. Yeah. But but the culture of it's around. Right. So let's talk about The Shallows, your next yeah. project that you're working on as we speak. Yeah, no, that's actually done. Oh, it is. That is done. Um, the hardcover for that will come out in June. The paperback for Broken Ice will come out April 30th, I think. Great. And, uh, yeah, that that book, uh, it starts uh, at Christmas Lake out in Excelsior. Sure. Where a lawyer is found dead dead uh he's tied to his own dock with a fishing stringer through his jaw <laughs> and there's a michelle bachman like character it's a lot of fun wow well now we're going to jump back a little bit yeah. to broken ice you have yeah. this uh legendary musical superstar graham itasca yes graham itasca is a legendary musician who's you know not as at the caliber of Dylan, because no one's at the caliber right. of Dylan other than Dylan, but up there on the national and international scene, and he's only mentioned because he has a summer place back uh, up around uh, Bemidji. Oh, cool! Yeah, but it does play into the plot, right by Lake Itasca. Yes. Uh, yeah, my mother graduated from Bemidji High School. I know the area well, Matt Goldman. So, tell us what is a uh, when you're writing these novels. Uh, what does your writing day look like? Uh, when it usually I'm up early, and by early I mean like I get up in the fours or. Five. Are you kidding me? No. Uh, what time do you go to bed? Well, at really embarrassing times like nine thirty. Uh, <laughs> you, you are yeah. a boring dude. No kidding. I'm so boring. Like I'm, but productive. I'm so boring. Uh, yeah, people ask me if my life is like Nils. I'm like, no. <laughs> much more interesting life than I. Right. I'm not out investigating crimes. I'm right. Sitting in a room writing, and uh, and and like if I get up that at that time of day, it, it's creatively my best time, and there's the least amount of distraction. Right. So how long will you write all day long then? Well, I'll usually write till about 11 a.m. Okay. And then I will, uh, I'll take a couple hours off. And usually by then I've achieved at least what I need to achieve that day. Right. And I'll, I'll put in another hour or two in the afternoon. So, do you play, do you have, are you playing music while you're doing no, this? Or um, you just, oh, do I listen to music? Yeah. Yeah, when I write television, I can listen to anything. Right. Except blues for some reason. Or anything where I can hear the lyrics too well. Like, I can't listen to Dylan when I write. Right. Uh, and for some reason, I can't listen to blues. But but I can listen to the Ramones. Like, <clears throat> in fun. Anything. But when, but when I write fiction, I either listen to nothing or classical. Huh. I can't... It just has to... I don't know why. Right. Yeah. I think because that voice is so... You know, the books are told in the first person, and that voice is so in my head, I can't interrupt it too much. Right. Well, I know when I was um, writing my book, Blue Guitar Highway, I think I wrote 500 pages, and the book 
turned out to be, I think it was 279 yeah. pounds. So whether it's uh, broken ice, gone to dust, or the shallows, how much ends up on the cutting room floor? About 10%. Really? I think because I worked in television, uh, I, I learned... Uh, brevity. That's and as a stand-up for that matter. Right. It's it's all about getting to the point. Right. Sculpting and, it. And so I just didn't pick up that habit of overwriting. Hmm. Uh, I can kind of feel when I'm doing that, and I just stop it. So uh, there's no right or wrong way to do it, but that's the way I do it. Can I ask you a personal question? Sure. How do you how do you meet your wife? Online. Nice. Yeah, but. Uh, we said, but it's just like the poodles. But uh-huh. uh, we uh, <laughs> we knew a bunch of people in common. Okay. So so uh, so that helps. Yeah. yeah. Well, good for you. I look forward to meeting her one of these days. Yeah. Take yeah, her out to a gig. Her, yeah, Take, I definitely will go to a gig. She loves the music. So we've got just a little bit of time left with Matt Goldman. Uh, it's so fun to meet somebody that has made a living like you have for for most of your adult life. Yeah. In, uh, in a creative field, and you've done several creative fields, comedy, TV writing, and now uh, to be a novelist that's making a living out of this got to feel great. Yeah, it is. I, I love being a novelist. I love the, the people in that world. Who are some of the cool people that you might not have met had you not written these books about Mill Shapiro? Oh, boy. Uh, you know, they're all book people. Right. So I don't know. Uh, you know, like writers like Lawrence Block and... Uh, 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 Julia Alvarez. She and I were both like writers in residence uh, at a at a hotel in Florida a few weeks ago. Um, you know the Harlan Coben's Lee Child, Megan Abbott, Laura Lippman, all those nice. people. Yeah, you know I've met so many people in Hollywood, but but when I meet book people, I get terribly excited. We got about. Uh 20, 30 seconds left. Do you think uh, this is going to turn into a TV series starring the great Mel Shapiro? It, it might. There's been some interest, and in, I'm talking to people about it, but I know that world well, so I'm not holding my breath. Matt Goldman, thanks so much for being hey, part man, of the Wall of Power Radio. I, I can't wait to finish uh, Broken Ice. Oh, great. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This show was produced by Paul Metza, engineered by... Brett Johnson recorded in the basement of AM 950 Studios in Eden Prairie, which is neither Eden nor a prairie. Come out and see me play. My gig schedule is at paulmetza.com. You can also track down my records and books there as well. We are going on our fifth year on the air on AM 950, and we really appreciate you listening out there in the listening audience. If you have a business or an event and you would like to advertise on AM950, we've got a really committed audience and a lot of cool people are going to hear about it. Just get a hold of Paul Metza via AM950 Studios. And like my dad used to tell me, remember to be kind and make someone happy.